0: All right, boys, so you know I've struggled with pain, you know I've struggled with weight loss, you know I've struggled with anxiety, and you know I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary, pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando, hours Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around.
1: A company, always
2: on the run. A
3: destiny, oh, it's the rising sun. What's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. And Jim, tonight's episode 10, titled, Climbing the Same Mountain from Different Sides, because tonight we get to talk to minor leaguers, Keegan James and Dallas Folk. But before Keegan and Dallas join us, Jim, I need to know about your weekend, man, action-packed, full of sports, and the... Mid-South area. Talk to me about it. What did you see? What did you do?
0: Man, great things down in Oxford. First of all, you know, regardless if we're Ole Miss baseball fans, we are fans of those guys. A lot of great characters. Got to see some stellar plays, specifically from two of our guests. Hayden Leatherwood, a monster shot, 111 miles an hour off the bat. Hunter Elliott, two stellar innings where he struck out four. Look phenomenal. So, good baseball down in Oxford. Uh, the, uh, the red team won. Um, and then they got to eat pizza while the other guys ran. So that was pretty funny to watch. And then Saturday night, got to go down to the forum Man, watch the Tigers play. And they looked phenomenal. We're going to get into that. And, you know, everything about tigers and, and how great they looked and the length and athleticism they got and then finished the day up Sunday You know, more and more guests, except this time they were playing each other, and it was uh, LSU versus Memphis in Memphis for the NCAA tournament. Memphis came out on top, so shout out to them. Um, My heart breaks for those LSU girls, but nonetheless, it was good to get to see all of them play on the field uh, here at home. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's always good to get a chance to follow up
3: in person, in the element of the athletes that we interview, So, man, my, my hat is off to you. Thanks for going out and, and, and getting the scoop, getting the story, and, and, and seeing those guys and girls do their thing, man. It's always awesome when we get a chance to do that. But, man, let's let's get to it, man. Let's get to the business of the evening. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, MLB minor leaguers, Keegan James and Dallas Woolfolk. Gentlemen, welcome back. Dallas, Keegan, how are we doing tonight? Doing well. How about you? Man, as always, we are blessed. We're happy to have you guys. We've been talking a a lot about you guys as of late. Um, We know that you guys got a lot going on currently, um, and we're going to get the backstory and get the, you know, where you guys have been, what you've been up to, and and what's what's in the future. But before we get into all that, I got a couple – stories that came across the the desk This could be hot takes for, for people who, you know, for a lot of people, these are stories I have never heard of. And some of the people that have telling them, telling them to us have said, not a lot of people know anything about this. So Dallas, I want to start with you, man. Uh, We had obviously, you know, you guys know we've had Austin Riley on he's coming back on, you know, we we've had correspondence and communication and, and Jim pretty much, you know, talking to him on a regular Uh, but he he wanted to know if you remember the time Dallas that you dug a grave for him
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think we were in like seventh grade one summer at our buddy's um, Carson's house we usually went over there during the summer and uh, I guess we would gotten mad at each other or I got mad at him and I got a little angry I had a little little bit of anger issues back then so (laughs) I had to let it out somehow
3: I, I hear you now Knowing what you know about Austin now, would, would you wish that you would have just like at least got a couple couple shots in just to say that you did it? <laughs>
4: no, no, no. Think about it now. Austin's a great guy. He's a great human being. Um, we all love him and we've supported him throughout his entire season. And he's just a great guy. And um, I don't think I would want to do that to somebody so good.
0: I can't yeah, believe um, he even he even did that. I mean, everything we've ever heard about Austin, I can't believe that somebody was digging a grave for him. <laughs> I mean, that's,
3: that's an ultimate mic drop baller move when you say, you know what, all right, this grave right here is for you, brother. <laughs> yeah, come, that was like 10 years some. ago.
4: Yeah, it was come like 10 years some. ago, and I just got a little angry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen you in the gym. You still got that anger. Don't act like that thing's gone. But it's more directed to
4: the waste now, and not to the people. I got
3: you. So, what's funny is, is Keegan's over there laughing, smiling, joking, but he has man, another story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, Keegan, you still afraid to take the trash out, man?
2: Bro, <laughs> I used to get so scared running in the dark, man. I watched. Yeah, I'm so scared to take the trash out. Absolutely, I can't turn my back to the man. We have some woods across the street, and I take my. Mom yelled at me about the 15th time I finally go take the trash out and I'd be out there. And I'm guessing my brother told you this. Maybe Austin, but no, it was mom. It was mom, dude. I would leave that trash can up at the road and I would, I'm telling you, I ain't never ran it so fast in my life. I probably run <laughs> four, five, 40. i gone, awesome.
3: gone. Why? Did you have a bad Uh bad I think situation? growing up,
2: I just watched way too many horror films. Uh, Michael Myers. Stuff like that. Me and Austin used to always sit around and watch those during Halloween. And it just, I don't know. When I was little, it just got to me, I guess.
3: Yeah, I I, I heard somebody snuck up from behind and got you one good time, and you, you to this day you don't know who it was. <laughs> in Oxford. Uh in Oxford?
0: Man, on New Year's I'm, I'm really... Eve. Oh. I heard you got snug. It might have been Dallas. You know, he's digging. Yeah, was it wasn't me. It was no de- It
3: was it was definitely Dallas. Had to be. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay. I don't, it was I don't me. really know what you're talking about on that. <laughs> nah but you know, taking the trash out's a scary deal, man. Hey, no matter where hey, you are. I love, still I can, don't like to do it, dude. I could, I could only imagine, man. You know, it, from you know, what's funny is you, we we talk to you guys and you kind of put levity into it, but you you bring it down to a human side because we got one guy who in seventh grade is digging digging graves for <laughs> for his <laughs> people he don't like, and then the other. It scared the wheel of the garbage can through the streets. So, guys, I I mean, didn't like I the dark, man. Hey.
2: Didn't like, like it. it.
3: It's like quicksand. That's one scary mother.
2: <laughs> hey, don't take one of my senses away, man. I'll freak out.
0: Well, before we get into everything with you, Keegan, I do want to – talk about one other thing because I I ran into a couple of the guys at the Hernando square that are working at base with Billingsley, man. And I know how much, uh, you know, working with him and everything's transformed. I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, plug what's going on there, Uh, man. Tell me some more about what Jacob's got going on there, because I mean, I've been seeing the videos and if I feel like base, if if you are taking baseball seriously, that is the only place to go around here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know,
2: The whole Mid-South area has never had a place kind of like that. And uh, for him to be able to bring it was a big deal. Um, I mean, they're just doing a lot of stuff that, you know, he did an internship down at Eric Cressy's place for four months. Um, I went and trained with him for three of those four uh, with a bunch of guys. And he's kind of brought up some of that stuff up to here um, and, you know, incorporated some of his own things. And it just happens to, you know, it just makes you into a better athlete. That's what it's doing. It's making you stronger where you need to be stronger on top of being able to develop as a pitcher. Um, you're not just in there lifting weights just to get bigger, faster, stronger. You know, uh, you're in there to help things that apply to the game, apply to your swing, apply to the force off the rubber, uh, you know, pitching, going down the mound, stuff like that. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of the technology. Um, I think he's in talks. I don't know if I should say it, but he's in talks with uh, Trackman. Um, that's a big deal, really big deal. Um, he's been with Rapsodo for a while. Uh, so I I think, you know, as long as there's baseball around that area, he's going to do just fine for himself. And he's going to, he's going to have a lot of kids go off and play at
0: the higher levels. And most importantly, Daniel, at base, they work out with their shoes on, bro. It's an important (laughs) note. (laughs) Hey, 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 I still work out
2: with my shoes Uh, off sometimes. I know. I'm a barefooter,
3: bro. We still have fun with that joke. But no. (laughs) uh, And, And that's, and that's why you're scared of the dark. (laughs)
2: <laughs> man come on please. I can run
0: faster without my shoes on What you mean man hey you know what keep that to yourself because that's what my son says and it's true and this man would like to play baseball without his cleats on and I tell him it doesn't work so just <laughs> nah, i don't out, worry like that if he finds out <laughs> pro guys are saying that then he's really gonna think it's okay so but no I figured bringing up what was going on at base would be a perfect segue into your journey you know a lot's happened since the last time we spoke with you and, uh, you know, let's talk about it. Where did you start out, you know, pitching at this year after, uh, uh, you know, you got, it, got back into things after your recovery from your last surgery and everything? Uh, well, I, you know, I had surgery in 2017
2: at Mississippi State. Um, went through that entire process. Uh, ended up, you know, with the Rockies. And then I was in Fresno, California this year after spring training. Um, had a pretty decent season. I was feeling good. Got to uh, the last month, month and a half of the season, and uh, workload kind of increased. They moved me from the bullpen to a starter. And I guess after a COVID year, um, the body kind of wasn't ready for it like I thought it was. So, um, yeah, something just went in my, what I thought was my forearm originally. um, Came off the field after the fourth or fifth inning, told them, hey, can't go anymore, this doesn't feel good. so we still just kept thinking it was forearm stuff. Nothing ever hurt in my elbow. And uh, we finally, you know, I got to instructional league uh, at the end of the season. Had already taken a month off. They'd built me up a little bit for about half a month. I was doing one inning every three to four days, uh, which was very tolerable. Um, but finally, right before we left, I said, hey, let's just get a picture on this just to ease my mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's, let's just see if this is just a forearm strain. Um, well, it ended up coming back as my uco had become detached from the bone uh, from the anchor point from the previous surgery Uh, so they go in they do some type of collagen wrap Uh, don't quote me on that if i call it surgical duct tape um but they go in they do that the ligament was healthy uh so it's only a six to eight month recovery uh, and i'll only miss probably a month or two of next season i actually pick up a ball uh, the week after christmas so i'm looking forward to that time it's coming up soon
0: so taking a step back, because, you know, obviously I talk with your dad a lot, you know, even through the injury, you know, you were talking about pitching the one inning. Um, how was it you were able to be so dominant while being hurt? Because from what I understand, you were pitching still amazing. Well, yeah. So the surgeon came back and told us
2: after he had taken a second look at our uh, picture that it had been torn for a month and a half, two months, um, which dated back probably to when I told them it hurt uh, the the first time. but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, like I said, it never hurt in my elbow. It was only my forearm. So uh, it, it only really hurt if I got into the second, third inning and then I'd have to really grip my teeth to throw a fastball. That's when the velocity would start going down. So and they had me doing the one to, you know, one inning every three to four days. Like I said, it was tolerable. It was manageable. Um, I would recover enough to be able to go out there. And I mean, look, you take enough ibuprofen and have enough mm-hmm. adrenaline, in baseball, you're going to be fine anyways. So, uh, yeah, no, I didn't – it never really hurt that bad until uh, that very last inning at Instructs when I told him, hey, like, this is – we're too close to the offseason. I need to get a picture. So, I don't know. Just – it was crazy, but I was able to get through it.
3: Was there – what was the discussion like? You said that you went from, you know – a, a lighter workload to a heavier workload because you started starting <clears throat> starting games. What was a conversation like or was there a conversation between uh managers and and you now being ready to to move forward? To me it sounds like like the COVID and you know being prepared and ready and the extra stress would have been a conversation prior to, to going out there to start or are you kind of at their disposal? You just do whatever they ask you to do? Um, A little bit of both. Uh, You're definitely at their disposal, but
2: at the same time, you can speak up whenever you want to. Um, I, when I got drafted, I was told I was going to be coming out of the bullpen. Um, And in college, you know, I started some, so I had always had talks with my agent about, Hey, how do we get me into the starter role again? How do I, how do I, you know, win that job back that I lost in college? Like, how do we go forward with this? Well, I finally was able to do that. I pitched well enough. Um, I showed that I had a four-pitch mix and, you know, that I could get out there and throw for four or five innings. Um, And they had seen me do it in college a little bit my first two years, um, but they hadn't seen it in a while. So a lot of it was probably ego. Um, I wanted to get out there and I wanted to pitch. I wanted to do that in the big leagues. That's, like, my dream is to be a starter in the big leagues. So that's where the money's made. You know, that's (laughs) that's, that's who gets the chicks. So, Shit that's who, uh, That's what I'm trying to do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we had those talks kind of after the fact, um, just trying to pinpoint a reason as to why it happened or when it happened. But in the moment, no. Like, I want to throw the baseball. They want me to throw the baseball. Like, I don't have
3: any problem going out
2: competing. So.
3: Do you think an injury like that for most pitchers is inevitability? Like, it's going to happen? It's just a matter of, of not if but when?
2: Uh, yeah, I do. I think you're higher velocity guys, definitely. I mean, it's not natural to throw a baseball anyways, like, you know, biomechanically, like it's just not healthy. Uh, and then you add a 140-game season and a minor league season on top of guys that are throwing 95-plus on every fastball they throw majority of the time. It takes its toll. Um, so... <clears throat> Yes and no. There's definitely some mechanical flaws in some people. Uh, there's definitely guys that, you know, that can throw 100 their entire career and nothing happened to them. Um, it's just I think a lot of it just comes down to luck, you know, a little bit. So luck or, or bad luck, I guess you should say. So. But, yeah, it's definitely it's, it's inevitable with some guys.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And so we're going to transition to Dallas for a minute because, you know, obviously we're going to get to a, a very similar situation. But before we get there, Dallas, you know, last time uh we spoke with you, you know, it was during the the COVID break, you know, I seen you in the gym, you were lifting weights, you were telling me, you know, so I made the joke. You were telling me how pissed off you weren't playing baseball, you know, you were coaching <laughs> baseball, trying to just fill the void. But uh ultimately you ended up back out on that mound. So uh tell us where you went and, and how it went. Uh,
4: this summer, um, I was in Stockton, California. <clears throat> Key and I um, played against each other. We were in the same division. And um, th- this year was kind of up and down for me, honestly. Um, I started off kind of weak, and then I hit a stretch where I was going really, really well, and then it kind of went bad again. So it was almost like I was riding a roller coaster the whole year. But as a baseball player, you got to learn how not to ride the roller coaster. You can't let that affect you. Um, I mean, it was taking a toll on me, honestly, mentally and stuff. So I really dug deep more into the Bible, really cling to God more during those times, even if it was good, even if it bad. I um, started journaling just how my outings went, just to see if, when I had a bad outing, what was I thinking? When I had a good outing, what was I thinking? Just so I could repeat the good outings and be more consistent with my thought process when I was out there. But um, I ended up, I think it was like a week, Week before I got to come home, um, I injured my arm and it was on a two or I, I pitched on a Friday. I did really well. Um, I had the two or three days off, came in the game on Tuesday, the bases loaded, got out of that jam. And then the next inning, I was pitching and I kept, kind of felt a little fatigued and everything. And I threw a fastball high and I was like, man, that didn't feel good. And then it ended up, I had to get TJ. So,
0: so, yeah so your your moment was a little bit different than Keegan you know he kept pitching but you knew right then and there it something something had happened yeah
4: yeah something just felt different a feeling that I've never felt before like most people they feel a pop and everything but I just kind of felt like my forearm tightened up like Keegan was saying previously when he was talking about how his arm started hurting but it was it was super tight I had They had taken me out of the game. I told them to come out there. I was like, something felt funny in my elbow, my forearm tightened up on me. So they they took me out of the game. They ran through some tests or whatever, and they're like, we think you're fine. And I honestly thought I was fine, too. I thought it was a flexor strain as well. Um, But then they were like, let's get an MRI just to be safe because we're at the end of the season. We don't want you going home for the off season being hurt. And then when you start back throwing again, you have to come back here and then you're delayed in the recovery process and all that, but ended up getting MRI, got the results. And it had, um, the distal part of the ligament had exploded. I had bone chipped off in there. And then as he went into surgery and everything, he had found that like the, the proximal part of the ligament probably had been torn for about a year or two, which we don't know, but that was his, that was his guess on that, but then they did the internal brace, just like they did with Keegan, and the whole reconstruction of the ligament. Yeah, so you got both done. Yeah, yeah. And so, I was, and okay. I'm gonna let
0: Daniel Daniel talk to him about that here in a second. Um, I know that the two of y'all's timeline is different, and the surgeries were were different. But uh, back backtracking a little bit, you know, you said y'all played in the same division, um, you know, and I saw the picture. Uh, how cool is that? You know, y'all being high school teammates, want to want to state championship together. And then there y'all are on the same field together, you know, in minor league baseball. What did that feel like?
4: Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely different because we've always played with each other. So I would prefer we'd both be on the same teams. But it was pretty awesome because our dream as little kids were to be professional athletes, and we're living that out every summer, which is just so awesome to see all of our hard work that we put in actually come true. Keegan had a great year. I'm super proud of him. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just awesome. It's just awesome to see. Yeah,
2: I thought it it was crazy actually. Um, and I love And when his wife came into town, man, we made it a thing. We'd go eat, we'd go hang out, we'd do everything too. So that was pretty neat. Um, they had a in Stockton, they had the bullpen, they backed up to each other and they had a fence right down the middle. So it was our bullpen, their bullpen, but they had like there was a gap in the um wind wrap or whatever you call it, whatever that would block you from, you know, talking to the other team. Well, there was a big hole in it. And I'd go stand out there in the games, and I wasn't starting, and just talk. Me and Dallas talk back and forth, mess with each other, and my teammates got to meet him, do all that kind of stuff. So it was really fun. Uh, like he said, it, it was, it was neat. It's something you do dream about. Um, now the next thing is to both get healthy and do it at the big
0: league level. It'd be, it'd oh, be a little man, cooler if if the two of y'all make it up, and then you add Austin in the mix and you know y'all are playing each other on the on the regular that's just that's something for y'all too it's even better because you might be throwing against austin and that's just i mean that's he don't want the smoke he don't
2: want it he don't want the smoke
0: i don't i don't know man hey he he don't want it all right i need to see you pitching (laughs) this little brother first
2: there was a (laughs) little brother don't want the smoke either what
0: oh here we go hey i I haven't asked you about that you know i'm Dallas I'm gonna let you break down that surgery a second but you know let's ask let's ask Keegan about man I gotta ask you because on your episode you were the best big brother ever and and that wasn't a front I've heard nothing but the same from anybody and everybody and so you got to watch little brother win a national championship you were a start of that Omaha run, you know, where y'all, y'all went three years in a row and, and you got a taste of that, but you didn't get to get all the way there and get that ring. What was it like to see your little brother be able to accomplish that with that team? Oh, it was the coolest thing in the world, dude. I'm pretty sure I called him crying. <laughs>
2: um, I, I mean, it was, it's something. Another, I mean, we keep saying it, but it is something you dream about. Uh, and just to be able to see him do it after I got so close to do it, man, it was the most mind blowing thing ever. We had a, uh, Every game, I didn't miss a single inning of the College World Series. I had coaches in the dugouts in minor league ball out in California pulling the game up on their phones so I could watch it in between innings. Um, and we'd go in the clubhouse, and all my buddies would be rallied around the TV watching and cheering for my brother and doing all that. So it, it was really neat. Um, I'm happy for him. Uh, he's going to always be able to hold that ring over my head, too. He's uh-huh. already done it a little bit. So He's already done the, it, two it ring, awesome.
0: the two rings on y'all with the whole 2015-19. <laughs> now, now he's got that.
2: Uh, one too. Yeah, he's starting, to, he's starting to break away from us, you know. So I don't even know if I could argue that he's the best anymore. <laughs>
0: Hey, I, hey! You know what? Dad said Sterling's Sterling's the best athlete, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with what Papa James says. But
2: nah, Sterling mean on the field, man. You didn't want to mess with her. She was but, pitching.
0: But I was there for the whole thing, and here's the thing, man. I left and was only just gonna do the opening weekend, and I had talked to Billingsley. I had talked to Greg James. I talked to numerous people. Like you got to come back. And so I got the work I needed to do. I only missed the one game, and then I came back and watched the whole thing. And then your dad, you know, I've said it on this podcast before, uh, he re- he rewarded us. My son is your brother's biggest fan in the world. Like, I mean, he got him back playing baseball again. I'm I'm thankful forever. That's cool. For that. Like, I mean, uh, he had quit taking a year off, and then ironically he ended up playing uh, third base first game. And so that, that whole scenario. But he put us right behind home plate, which just shows the character, you know, your family's just stellar, and we got to be there for that. And then, you know, the start of that college world season, even though game one went very south for your brother to hit the home run in the first inning like that, I was like, oh, my God, dude, Cam. Just oh, yeah. Yard, and the- I thought y'all were going to roll away with that game. Even even Logan Tanner came on here during his episode, and he's like, after after Cam hit that, he's like, man, we're fixing to take this thing, and then that game just went completely the opposite direction. Yep. But, uh, no, it, 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 man, you, you still were a part of that process, even though you didn't – I mean, because when you look at what Mississippi State's doing as a program, your team was a part of what started that. And, I mean, they're poised to do it again. And so, like, you know, still shout out to you and all your teammates and, and <laughs> Mississippi State for just building something.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you. I mean, it's, it's definitely a winning culture. It didn't start with just my class. Uh, the 2013 team was nuts. They had Renfro. Uh, Ross Mitchell, Wes Ray, you know all those boys. Adam Frazier, uh, and it goes back further than that. Adam Frazier, never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never, never. Um, but no, it's it's just a winning culture, man. That's when you get over there, that's pounded into your head. Like, hey, if you don't want to be here to win, get out. Um, and, and I think that's that's what it needs to be. You know, we had some roughy or some rough, rocky times while we were over there uh, with you know the coaching changes and turnover and all that. But to be able to still make it as far as we did, I think showed a lot of people that, hey, like Mississippi State, like we want to be on the map all the time. Uh, and For my brother and them to go and clinch it like they did, that was – it was
3: the coolest moment of my life by far. Yeah, as, as fans just watching it, you know, just transpire and, you know, even how, like, when conference season started, you know, it was the talk. What if this happened? What if this happened? And each week we would have more in-depth conversations on what if this happened? And then eventually you're done with conference play. And then we were like, well, hell, this could happen. Um, and then, you know, they, they, they get to Omaha and like, it was, it was a reality that, you know, a dream for them that really you know was solidified with just playing really well and just being the best team in the country, basically the entire year so um once once again (laughs) kudos to them but i want i want to go back to the surgeries this rehab the the injuries themselves and kind of get an idea and and give the listeners an idea of what all goes into um the minute you get hurt you realize you're hurt you realize the significance and then kind of like what the next steps are moving forward so dallas I, i You know, Keegan mentioned kind of the timeline for him, six to eight months. It wasn't um, maybe as as bad as it could have been. Um, You know, he's going to be picking up a ball. You know, the the week after Christmas. So, what what about you? What's the timeline? When did you have the surgery? Uh, I had surgery
4: September twenty second, so I'm about eight weeks in, but it's a twelve to fourteenth month. Recovery, the the A's are gonna take it a little slower than most people, just to make sure that everything goes right, there's no setbacks, and I'm ready to roll once I'm able to start competing in games again. So when you when you took
3: the pictures and and you you thought, well, it, it didn't feel that bad. Like were you optimistic or were you leaning more towards the other way, just preparing yourself for the worst? Well,
4: when I got hurt, I was I didn't think anything of it, honestly. I honestly thought it was just a flexor strain. And then I started – I texted my wife that night. I was like, hey, I had to come out of the game. She was already asleep because of the time difference and whatever. I was like, but it's nothing to really worry about. So, I was like, they're going to get an MRI just to be safe since it's the end of the season. So, I go into the MRI. I'm just – I'm thinking, surely it's not torn. Surely it's not. Because I want to go home to the off-season. I want to spend time with my wife. I want to spend time with my family. I – I want to do my, my lessons that I give. I want to coach the kids and everything. Got the MRI done. I think it was, I got hurt that Tuesday. I think I got it that Thursday. And then I met with the doctor on Friday. I go in, I'm sitting in the room for about an hour. It seemed like just waiting for him to come in to tell me the results. And I'm like, surely when he comes in, he's going to tell me good, good news. He comes in and he's just like in a good mood or whatever. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay this is gonna be good news and then he started doing more tests on me like going through like range of motions and everything he's like so you don't hurt i'm like no i don't feel any pain it's just like tight kind of like tight and sore and then he sat down he was like well i got bad news he was like your your ligament is completely torn and i was just in complete shock honestly um i was, I was really want just to go home but that delayed that process but um i was like is there anything else that we can do he was like The only thing we can do is have surgery if you want to continue playing baseball. And, well, I kind of got a little emotional after that because usually as human beings, we want things to go our way. We always have a plan, but God has different plans, and that's that's always a better plan for us. So that's what I've been clinging on to is this is all part of God's plan, and I'm moving right along like I'm supposed to.
3: So what's the, what's the rehab, what's the day-to-day rehab look like for you right now? And when when Uh, can you start picking up a baseball again?
4: So right now I'm going to rehab um, Monday through Friday. It's mostly getting the range of motion back, which has come back very quickly for, I think, Keegan and I as well. um, Strengthening your shoulders, your scap, your forearm, your bicep, the entire arm, you're, you're regaining the strength back, trying to build it back up, and then, um, I think around January or February, I start getting into, like, plyo balls, but not, like, weighted balls that you throw, just kind of, like, getting the motion back and everything with the weighted ball. And then I get into, like, sock throws and stuff. But I don't think it's until March that I actually
3: make my first throw. But your, your hope oh. is, is this time, <clears throat> next, next year, you're, you're at 100%, if not pretty close. Yes, that's correct,
4: so twelve to fourteen months I had the surgery september twenty second so a year from a year from then, and I, I should be fully cleared.
0: but Daniel, I sent you that picture. My boy's up in the DeSoto Athletic Club, still working out with that brace on. he's scared
3: <laughs> well i I'm, I'm sure the the the, <laughs> that's the, the, doc, to the doctors probably said, "Hey, man, do whatever you used to do unless it hurts it hurts." Stop <laughs> Yeah basically yeah, I mean, he said
4: continue doing legs and core and all that and obviously I continue to do that trying to be the best that I can when I come back but he also took the ligament out of my forearm to put into my um elbow and he did say that was probably one of the biggest and strongest ligaments he's taken out of a pitcher so that's good news <laughs> you're lucky too man they took my first one out of
2: my hamstring and that was more painful uh, than the arm oh
3: wow miserable oh. Keegan, you, you you got a timeline for for Dallas, so like it's a twelve to fourteen month rehab for him. He's he's going Monday through Friday. Um, obviously you you're getting to pick up a baseball, you know, before the end of the year. What what is the the difference between what he had and what your surgery and and what what happened with you?
2: Um, so what he had was what I had my first time, uh, and it's a full reconstruction. So the ligament is unusable, right? So you have to take it out of, what do they call it? That was your palmaris. What? Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know. Palmaris how to... something, but mm-hmm. it's like yeah. up in here. You, some people have it, some don't, or they take part of your hamstring. In my case, these weren't strong enough. They took it out of my hamstring. Um, so they go in and they have to figure it out. However they do it, wait for that tendon to, it's called ligamentization. So it has to ligamentize and that's what takes so long in the first surgery. Um, so I didn't have to do that this time. My ligament was fine. It had just become detached. Um, at the fur wherever they drilled in the holes, the first surgery. Um, so they go in they take some type of collagen wrap, wrap it back to the bone, kind of like an anchor. Uh, and it's supposed to, you know, knock on wood, never happen again. It's supposed to be as strong as it's ever been. Uh, so that's the only difference with mine. And if I would have had to go in and have another full recon, they said it was probably a 30% thirty percent success rate and 15 to 18 month rehab. And then, uh, and I didn't know that. I didn't know which surgery I was going to have until I woke up from the surgery. The doctor said, we think it's going to be this primary surgery that's six to eight. We can't guarantee you anything because once we get in there, things could be different than what the picture shows. So obviously you're, you got a lot of thoughts going through your head, but I was sitting there the whole time. Like I just, I have to wake up with the six to eight month recovery like or baseball's over. Um, thankfully that happened through a lot of prayer and, you know, people on my side and just luck. And I woke up and that was what I had. Um, it's different. It's a different mentality though. When I got told uh, this time, rather than the first time, because this time was more just frustration, rather than you know I was like I wasn't as upset as I was in the first one. Um, it didn't hit me as hard. It was more just kind of an annoying, nagging type. Like why again? Like I, I know what I have to do. I've been through it before, so that part's not you know that part's not the hard part for me. It's just the like the constant every day, the monotony of going and doing the rehab and knowing what I have to do from the previous one. That was the only part that really got to me. Um, But like right now I'm four weeks in tomorrow or four weeks post-op and I'm already getting to do a lot of stability stuff. They've already let me start doing lower body and core. Um, Obviously not under a squat rack, but I'm doing a lot of machine type lifts and all that. So mentally I'm good. I'm ready to rock and roll now. I'm just waiting for January so I can pick up a ball.
0: Was part of the frustration, you know, we talk about hearing (laughs) stories and talking to people. I heard that you had a session in front of the the big dogs in the organization. And I heard you were absolutely lights out. So you knew you have what it takes to go to the next level, undoubtedly. And then you have this setback. Is that part of where that major frustration comes from? Yeah, definitely. Um, You
2: know, I always tell people COVID was the best thing that ever happened to me, the COVID year, because uh, I don't think I'm at where I am if I don't get that year off to kind of refine the way I did things in the weight room and on the mound. Um, and so to be able to get back and throw and do that in front of those guys and show that, you know, I belonged, uh, it was a good confidence booster for me as well for, you know, the coaching staff. Uh, and so, yeah, it, that part, that was there was a lot of frustration from that just because I knew what the potential was. And then the possibility of maybe not being able to pitch again, you know, that part of that part really, uh, that hits you a little bit, but we're good now and had the, the surgery we wanted.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, Dallas talking about your frustration, you were talking about journaling and man, you know, we got a, a lot of young cats that listen to this show, man. Um, elaborate on that just a little bit more. I mean, like, uh, how, how you're handling the process and, you know, you said you've been reading more. I, obviously I'm friends with you on social media, so I see, I see what you do, but for those who aren't, you know, what you've been doing to keep yourself positive through the whole thing.
4: Yeah. Um, so usually when I wake up, I get up, make my bed, whatever, go downstairs, get some coffee, and then I'll go sit outside and then I'll, I'll read my Bible. And then there's like on the Bible app, you can do like a devotional and everything. So I usually, pick out key points to that devotional that I think that will benefit me. And then I, I write my thoughts and goals down for the day. So if I can accomplish one of them, that's great. If I can accomplish all of them, that's even better. But just mainly setting goals for myself for that day, not not worrying about what happened yesterday, not worrying about what hap- what's going to happen in the future, just attacking the day, trying to win the day at whatever I do. But um, that's that's been a big part of it because obviously it's – not something that Keegan and I wanted. So a lot of people have like negative, almost like a negative mindset when it first happens. Like I did, I was like, man, this this sucks. You know, like Keegan was frustrated. It's all negative, but you got to figure out how to flip the script, turn the knob over and, and change it into something positive. And um, I think journaling and reading and all of that has really helped me with the mindset that it's gonna be okay. It's all part of the plan. Um, so yeah, that's, no doubt. It's a mean- huge thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, no doubt that that comes with maturity and what it and that's what it shows with you. I mean, I've had the same thing. I remember when things would be bad when I was younger, um, you know, the world ended. I I hated people. I was mad. And, you know, and then as I got older, I learned that's part of it. And then, you know, as you said, you know, turning, turning to God and Man, not even just reading the Bible. I've been reading some other books that uh, just to to encourage and and you know it's amazing. I've always hated reading, but when you read things and when you write things and you kind of clear your head, it's amazing what that does. Then obviously we know what the gym does for both of us. That that that'll, that'll really clear your head. Um, but you know, obviously you're in Memphis. Or, I mean uh, Mississippi now. Um, and by the way, don't ever honk at me like that again, or we're gonna be. <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm Actually, talking about. Actually, I mean, you're going to be digging right your grave, Dallas. You're going to be digging this, your this grave. Man, this man laid into the horn at me, and I wasn't looking and scared the living mess out of me. Anyway. He me the,
4: like he was going to dig me a grave, look. I did, because I don't – man.
0: I was like – because, you know, it was one of those times where you didn't do anything wrong, so it's not like I, mm. I was doing something wrong in traffic. So, who's honking at me like that? And then, then I seen that weak car, and I knew that was – <laughs> we, we can line them up. We line them up whenever you're ready. We, we, we'll go live <laughs> for the podcast for that one. We'll let you we'll right. host that. But uh, right. I want to I ask you about something. Um, I, I just went to all the uh, Ole Miss fall games. I, I had the luxury of seeing it. And, you know, being that you're a pitcher, you know, they lost Nikhazy, they lost Gunner, they lost Taylor. But, man, they have a lot of young arms, a lot of young, talented arms. We know what their lineup is top to bottom. They all came back. They got it. I don't don't care what anybody says. I don't care if Keegan disputes it as a Mississippi State guy. They have the best lineup top to bottom, but it's all going to come down to pitching. Do you think, you know, I don't know what you've heard, what you've seen. um, Do you think a core of young guys that are really talented like that can get it together enough to get this, along with that batting lineup, finally get over that hump they've been on uh, trying to get over for the last few years and get to Omaha? Um, Yeah, I think any team
4: actually, if they come together and have a good – Team chemistry can, can work can work together. Can pitching staff keep us in the game? Can the hitters score, score some runs? Can they put up big numbers for us? Um, I think Ole Miss has a really good offense. Um, I think top to bottom, like you said, they're going to be very dangerous. And with the new pitching staff, we're not new, but the younger guys, I think if they believe in themselves, if they go out there and have confidence that they can get the job done, and don't let the big stage of, though, this is the SEC scare them, then yeah, they can definitely take it all the way to Omaha and win the thing. But it's as um, being a young, young cat on campus, it's sometimes difficult to, to live up to the hype and everything. But you got to block all that out and be who you are, be the pitcher that you're supposed to be. And if you do your job and the next guy does his job, then everything is going to work out right
0: yeah absolutely and and based upon what i saw in the fall down in starkville and what i saw in oxford um and it's it's not being biased because you guys know i'm an lsu fan um yeah you know and t- well I, i've been a mississippi state fan as long as cameron's there and especially my son my son my son is now so conflicted he thinks he's a mississippi state football fan i'm i'm having a lot of trouble around i here. love it i love it i but love it he he's so confused because he spent 11 days in omaha rooting for mississippi state that i mean he got brainwashed hard so but uh no, like I think both those teams are going to both be there. And that and that's a scenario for me because Daniel's going to join me in Omaha this time. And I would really love for both those teams to be there. And especially, you know, representing the state and both y'all schools and everything. So that's uh, that's hopefully a scenario. And then I have one more thing because, and, and both y'all can speak on this. Uh, we originally had y'all scheduled to come on right before the World Series. Obviously, Keegan messed things up by getting hurt. It's his fault. He had to have surgery. You know? And so we're gonna get. We were gonna get some World Series predictions. What y'all thought about Austin? But now we know what happened. We know <laughs> that Austin is a world champion. And so I'll start with you, Keegan. Man, uh, what, what is it? You know, I asked you about your brother, but this, this is a guy who is your brother, basically as well. Born eighteen hours apart, y'all were raised together. You played high school, or you played all the way up together. Won a high school state championship together. What was it like to watch him on that stage and be able to win the ultimate crown? That
2: it was crazy. Um, I got to go to game four on a Saturday in Atlanta and sit with the family, um, and watch them win that game. They had two back-to-back home runs. I think it was, uh, who hit it, Dansby and Solaire, maybe back-to-back and they ended up blowing them out of the water. Uh, and just that atmosphere I'd never been a part of was crazy. Um, but yeah, no, seeing him win that thing and being able to talk to him after every game and you know all that stuff and Facetime and just see what it was like to put myself in his shoes and you know like see how everything is at that level, man. It was it was crazy. Uh, second coolest thing behind my brother winning the College World Series. So,
0: <laughs> but but you know it was not the coolest thing. I read an article and I don't know if you saw it. If you did, man, you need to you need to hit up the writer because uh, it wasn't cool, man. It said it was a it was a fun fact. Did you know thing for for. Uh, uh, I forgot I forgot what you know forgive forgive me now for forgetting but it said did you know the national champion third baseman Cameron James is the first cousin of Austin Riley who was the national champion third baseman or I mean world champion of the Atlanta Braves who also had a younger sister Sterling James who pitched in the junior college national championship I'm like where's Keegan the disrespect that's all wrote, right that's all right that's all right, that's all right. It's all right. It they left Greg out, is. and Greg claims, Greg claims to be the man. Of the he's the, <laughs> he, was the best, he was the best punter that ever
2: lived. I guess so. Um, but I do have a fun fact, though. Um, my manager in Lowe this year out in Fresno, uh, Robinson Cancel, was actually Austin's first professional manager in the GCL League. Uh, so the whole time we were playing and watching them, you know, throughout our season uh, in the clubhouse – He'd come over. He'd come talk to me. How's Austin doing? You know how I've coached him. Blah blah blah. I was his wife doing all that. So that was pretty neat to be able to uh, to watch him. You know, watch Austin on television. He said he he got to coaching. So That's crazy. he was He's there when Austin went over twenty five. Right? Yeah, Austin went over twenty five or twenty six with like a stupid number of Ks in his first twenty five at bats I mean, in pro I mean- ball.
0: I mean, he came on before this season. His episode was before this season, and he said he's a slow starter every year, and he did it again this year. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> He'll tell you straight up, just give me time, and I'll, and I'll get it figured out. But for, for you, Dallas, man, what was it like? Uh, dude, I am just so unbelievably happy for the
4: man. Um, he's a Like I said before at the beginning of the podcast, he's a great person, great human being. He's a hard worker, and just to see him work throughout all these years, you knew that he was going to be at the top stage one day, and he did it at the the best level that you could do it, winning a World Series, and it's just so incredibly just awesome. He's he's a great person, and to see him win it all, like Keegan was saying, it's it's unbelievable. He almost got him an MVP too, man. He was close, I know. close, close. Yeah, but yeah, like with
0: Lair like, doing what he did, he kind of he made it hard. He made it hard. Oh ball. yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: absolutely. Very deserving. But, but King and I played with him since he was a little bitty, and we all knew that he was going to be some great star one day. But I didn't – we didn't know he was going to win a World Series at, what, 24 years old, which is just, just crazy. We're sitting in low A. We're <laughs> yeah. from Tommy John. <laughs>
0: hey, hey, since he chose uh, friends over money, when he gets that money, uh, he, I, hope he ta- I hope he takes you all to some nice destinations. No, nah, no. Nah, it's it's –
2: it's free good, good, man. No, Not no, he, he said
0: y'all like to he said y'all like to sit around the fire anyway, so I'm sure that's <laughs> where y'all still be. I mean, he he probably wouldn't be where he's at without you guys, you
3: know, setting the bar along the way. I mean, I'm sure you guys
2: weren't. man, I could honestly almost flip that and say that he set the bar for us all the way through. He
0: hey. said he said if y'all were to go against the 2019 team, you know, because his episode was after y'all's. He said he would, regardless of what anybody says about his pitching, it would be one of you two guys. So, he, you know, y'all y'all go both ways about this. Y'all say him, he says y'all.
2: Well, hey, he uh, that, from a long, from when he was little, man, you, everybody knew he has a special gift. Uh, so I don't think I'd be wrong. I think Dallas would probably agree that he, it was definitely the other way around where everybody <laughs> kind of looked up and tried to want to play baseball, kind of like Austin did, you know, because you knew he had something special.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, so, so guys, we we we're almost at the end, and I, I want to play a quick game, and it's a game that both of you have played before, um, this or that, but we we've revamped it. This is two edition, so we want to we want to get your takes on a, a few new questions. So obviously, we'll start with each question I give you. You just pick one option or the other. Can't say both. Can't say neither. And I'll I'll get uh. I'll get Dallas. I'll get your take first on every question, right. followed by Keegan. So,
4: oh, copy me, Keegan.
3: Yeah. I,
0: <laughs> hey, you're the one I'm that shows too. money over friends. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> I just had to think about it a little bit.
5: I'm just kidding. All right. First question, Dallas. Would you rather? I'm trying to figure out how to word this because this is this is tricky. All right. Would you rather?
3: Dig a grave for Austin again or walk the trash to the street at night
5: with Keegan. Walk the trash with Keegan. I got to throw my jab.
3: I got to throw my jabs in there <laughs> anywhere I can.
5: All you right. walking,
2: you're running, man. Come on. So,
3: so Keegan. <laughs> we sprinting 40-yard dash. Would you, would you rather walk the trash to the street by yourself? Or would you rather watch Dallas dig your <laughs> grave? I think I could walk I can walk the
2: trash to the road now all by myself. I can hold my own. You'd be the fastest trash to the street ever. <laughs> I swear. There's gotta be a Guinness world record
3: for it. All right. Would you Dallas, would you rather never wait in line again or never come across a red light?
4: Mm, never come across a red light because he's
3: got a fast he car keegan yeah. <laughs> like i said ne- we'll line him up keegan never wait in line or no
2: red light no red lights i got places to be even when i don't have places to be <laughs>
3: <laughs> most of the people who answer this question with no red lights are people that are notoriously late for things
2: no, nah, I'm not late for anything. I just, man, I don't like slow drivers, and I don't like being stopped when I don't have to be.
4: You no, imagine traveling somewhere far, and you don't have to stop at a red light. Uh, oh, you man, just keep man. on going. Go on. It's
3: well, like a whole interstate. Welcome, welcome to my life, man. If I could just not have traffic just in one of my commutes, either morning or afternoon, like, I'll take one or the other. All right. Dallas, would you rather never have your cell phone again or never have a toilet again so no cell (laughs) phone or no never have a a cell phone again
4: (laughs) yeah what (laughs) What?
3: i don't know man you'd be amazed how many people take the cell phone over the toilet well part of it is is i think cell phone usage has become synonymous with being on the toilet Dude, TikTok,
4: man, Instagram, just. <laughs> but think how much more productive our days would be without a cell phone. We wouldn't have to worry about anything. We
0: but that's coming from the cell. guy who's been reading. See, not everybody's been <laughs> reading like you. Everybody
2: else glued to their <laughs> phone. Dallas, I get to page five or six and I start to doze off. Man, I've tried. Mm. Read when you first get up in the morning. Ke- that's Keegan you know needs- what you know what Dallas. <laughs> that is that's the energy I need. You're right. You're, You're right. right. All right, Keegan, what do you got? No cell phone
3: or no toilet.
2: Dude, no cell phone. <laughs>
3: no, you know, no cell phone. Totally. You're, you're not yeah, digging a hole. You're not. You're not. Oh, I here, I live with too wise. many
2: roommates in minor league ball, man. I can't just be going wherever I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, the
3: the reality the reality is is he doesn't want to walk outside at night to go to the outhouse. Oh, you're not wrong. That, you're not wrong to, to, to the hole. You're not wrong. All right, yeah, Dallas. So Dallas, would you rather have the painful truth? or a comforting lie. Painful truth. Keegan. Painful truth. Painful
2: truth. Absolutely. Painful truth.
3: Yeah. Tell uh, me straight up. Yeah. Given the the situation you guys are in with being minor league players, I think it might hurt, but you're gonna get a lot further in your development if you know the truth as opposed to somebody just kinda, you know, massaging it in for you and, mm-hmm. and making it seem better than it really is. Definitely
2: on the coaching aspect, too. You don't – I mean, I don't want a coach to cookie-cut nothing or try to make me feel good. I want them to tell me straight up, uh, that's the only way you
4: can get better.
3: Would you – Dallas, would you rather owe money or owe a favor? Mm, Owe a favor? Keegan, owe money or owe a favor?
5: That's a difficult one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dallas, I, I'm, a, I'm easy, still going to go. It could be
5: anything. Well,
2: that's what I'm saying. I, I think I'm going to go with oh, a favor. Because, like you say, but how much money could it, be anything? I mean, money could be anything, also. But yeah. It's a difficult. favor means someone did something nice for me to help me out so I can reciprocate that. The money part is me probably doing something stupid or I'm down on my luck and I need some money. <laughs> and, yeah. Or I got into some gambling problems or somebody did something. So it's kind of – I'm thinking in that direction. So, yeah, owe somebody a favor.
3: All right, guys, last question. And this is coming one of the, the fan favorites right here. Would you rather spend 10 years in a coma or five years in jail? Ten years in a coma or five years in jail, Dallas. What do you got?
5: It's difficult. No, Ten it's not. Years
3: this is this is the easiest question I ask. Everybody makes it more difficult than it is because they No, no, I
0: can't, I can't say it yet, time. but there's been some perspective that has been brought in by some other guests that I will, after y'all answer, that has made me change my mind. Daniel thinks it's easy. It's not. Wait, just wait. There, I'll I think this.
3: Zero perspective
0: from anybody has changed my mind about this
3: question. Even Quintavious think- Burdett from Ole Miss. Even Quintavious. Q, I love him, but my answer is always going to be my answer. I'm wow, talking well, jail 10 or 10 prison, yep. 10 years in a coma or five years in jail.
2: Jail or I prison. I, so so not prison. Like we're talking like the county jail. No, we're talking,
3: we talking about five. We're years, talking about the slammer. Hard, hard time the like slammer. Oh bad, my goodness. Bad dudes, bad Man. mother
4: truckers. I think I would <laughs> I mean 10 years, that's a wild I, that's what I'm people saying. People I don't want to miss 10 years of my life. I think I'd do five years just to get in get out because 10 years you're putting a lot of suffering on other people
5: they're all Damn.
4: they're all they're all wondering when is he going to wake up when he's going to do that but i they think that'd do the 5 years in prison
0: they teach oh, the yeah. same thing at old miss because that's what q said old miss grad also said the exact same thing he said he would not want to put that burden on his family to sit there and wait for him for 10 years yeah cuz they wanted mm, to pull
1: the yeah <laughs> it, <laughs> it's been like, 10 years <laughs>
0: I'm in the
2: same boat. I uh, I think I'm gonna choose prison. Like people can visit you in prison, right?
3: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Y'all, but exactly. like, also, y'all are forgetting. Ain't no way, whole... we hard
2: enough to be
0: in prison. Like, I'm not hard enough to be
2: to be in prison. What
0: uh-huh. if y'all? What if the two of y'all can go together and be cellmates? So y'all can at least have each other's back. Oh, that'd be easy. That's easy. That? That's that's minor league baseball. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yes, that is minor league. <laughs>
4: it's
3: it's easy until lights out, fellas. That's what I'm going to tell
4: you. Hey, hey. Look,
3: look. look this don't drop the soap. Yeah, this, this is what I'm going to tell y'all. And <laughs> my, my answer has never changed. This dude right here in this little square that y'all see, mm-hmm. he ain't going to prison. Uh-huh. That ain't for me. You better give me the 10 years of that nice little nap and people can <laughs> figure it out along the way. And I'll wake up. I'll be refreshed, relaxed. I'll Man, think, you know, are we
2: talking like if it happened like right now though? Like I had to choose like an answer for tomorrow. I'm yeah. Tomorrow, yeah, like, like right now, now. After years. the I'd wake up years. and I'd wake up and I'm 34. Like you got, I mean, that's so much oh, of my that's life.
3: Easy. What are you talking easy. about? Nah, nah, nah. That's like I'm I don't 30, know. I'm like, 37, and I would take
0: 10 years. <laughs> and see, hey, and here's the thing: another guest dropped knowledge on on Daniel. You know, he says 10 years. But talked about, you know, because he's got a three-year-old daughter. When you wake up, she'd be 13. You're missing 10 years of her life. That's what I'm yeah, saying. you can't do that. You're
2: missing 10 years of a lot
3: of people. Good, because you know what? I'm sleeping, which is something <laughs> I ain't doing right now. You're what right. The, sleep the, is three... good
2: for you. You need sleep. That's right.
3: But the world has <laughs> changed in those 10 years. That's all right. And it's probably not for the better. If you're... So, I mean,
0: I – that's me. Prison ain't for me. And- Jim, what are you doing? I'm taking prison, bro. Let's go. And hey, and, 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 <laughs> hey, he's big, though. He's big. <laughs> look, and also, like... Somebody he ain't said, big enough. Look, as, big as, enough somebody for said, as somebody said, man, do good behavior, you get out in three. Let's go. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, man. Not,
2: not Put me on the, the chain you. gang outside, picking up some trash.
3: <laughs> not Even in, in this hypothetical school, scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's getting out on good behavior. It's five years. Hey, my, my first – Hey, straight.
0: Daniel, something they don't know, you you know. My first tattoo was done when we were 14 in Nutbush. I I got a jailhouse tat to start my life off, so I'm ready for it. Oh, this. man, he's ready. <laughs> Put him in. And,
3: and, and he he thinks that's something to brag about.
0: Yeah, that, that joker was crooked, guys. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I had to do two more sessions over the top of it to get it fixed. It's cost me about a thousand. Love hours. it man all right guys Dallas I'll start with you man anything you want
3: to plug or promote before we get out of here no Keegan anything
2: yeah I just want to say thank you for y'all having me on um and obviously base sports performance with Jacob Billingsley that's my boy uh they're doing a lot of big things over there Uh, got a lot of professional athletes running through there, college athletes high school guys all the way down you know um and stud muffins that's my boy Trey Jolly and his wife they're doing a meal prep service based out of base sports performance um so if you need anything to to
4: get right get the body right get with them so that's all I got yeah and I, yeah thank you I didn't mean like nothing at all but thank y'all for, <laughs> but thank y'all for having Keegan and I it was it was awesome to catch back up and get the talk thank you
3: Ab- absolutely guys we want to give you a chance to to hit the rehab and, and, and get you know get yourself back into playing shape and uh, probably have you guys back on. You know, maybe once you're back up and running, um, or prior to you guys get up and running, because we want to stay in touch. We want to, you know, stay up to date with what you what you guys got going on. So, uh, if there's anything we can do, man, just reach out. We'd be more than happy to help plug or promote anything you guys got going on, or just get the word out there for you.
2: Good deal. Thank y'all. It was a pleasure. Yeah. it's good. Thank you. Uh,
3: Absolutely, guys. Y'all keep cl- climbing the mountain. I know you guys are coming from different sides, but you're basically climbing that same mountain. So keep keep digging, keep grinding. Uh, if you want to follow Keegan on Instagram, it's at KeeganJames18 or at Rockies. If you want to follow Dallas on Instagram, it's at Dallas24 or at Athletics. We're going to take a break. We're going to plug the sponsors. When we come back, we got some headlines for you.
6: Have you heard of the Bellsmith? If not, you need to check them out. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram. They make the most unique bells. I currently have them making one for me and my son after our trip to Omaha. They are known for making the most unique bells for supporting the Mississippi State Bulldogs. They have a line of game day bells, plus their premium artillery, Grand Slam, Lefty, Pirate, Swashbuckler, and Junction bells. So check them out today and get your custom-made bell. Tattoos have become more of a normal part of society and... You know, one of the things that's a common mistake that people do is they just go anywhere, you know, closest place maybe, whatever's convenient. And a lot of times they get a piece of art that stays on them forever that maybe they don't like so much. So let me help you and eliminate that problem. Go see Jeff Lee Watts easy flea tattoos you can find them on facebook or instagram and you can find him at 1731 dancy boulevard in horn lake number is
3: 662-280-0763 welcome back to the In off the bench podcast we got some headlines for you and jim for the first time in a while we're going to lead off with something other than major league baseball we're going to talk some nba um I know it's early but I want to get your take, you know, on both the Eastern and Western Conference. I want to get an update uh from you on Westbrook and the Lakers. So, let's let's dive in start with the Eastern Conference. Tell me, you know, based on those those top seeds, who is a surprise? Who's not? Who's good? Who's not?
0: Um well, obviously the clear surprise is the Wizards. Now, full disclosure, I have not watched the Wizards play this year, ironically, being that, you know, I watched every game last year because Westbrook was on that team. So, I can't tell you exactly what it is about them that's making them win. Um, I have seen Brooklyn play. We know about them. I've watched the Bulls a few times. Um, that That's the fascinating one, and that's one that you projected, you know, to to be the team to watch, to see what they do. And uh, and here they are, and looking the way they look. So, um, I feel like that's not a surprise, just on the simple fact that we kind of talked about it, and you kind of talked me into. They made a lot of moves. The Heat, um, they were up at the top. The reason they fell back is uh, Jimmy buckets got hurt. That's obviously a big deal, but they're not going anywhere. Um, so the surprise, other than the obvious, with the Wizards, is going to be um, the Sixers and and their their amount of injuries, and so. I say it's a surprise. It's not a surprise that they're losing the way they are with their injuries to have all three of their top players be injured at once. that's like your fantasy football team last year, bro. like that's just that's just the definition of bad luck and usually something that doesn't happen
3: yeah, i mean it's it's telling they've lost their last four their um, six and four of their last ten. I mean you, you can't it's it's hard to win when all of your players are healthy, um, especially for that team. Um, we know, just based on previous years, it, takes, it really takes all of them to be successful and have a chance and, and, and make deep runs. But when you don't have any of them, of those, those core three guys, like you're setting yourself up for a really tough time. Um, going back to the Wizards, man, I'm like you. I, I haven't watched single game and we don't really have um a reason to unless they're playing one of our teams or they're on and that's the only thing on but you know it's it's a vast improvement from the the previous year and a lot of people will, will put their finger on who's there now and who's gone but you you could be the best person to talk to is russell westbrook being gone does that really make that big of a difference
0: I mean, yeah, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, now, granted, the Thunder got Chris Paul in return, and we know what Chris Paul does and, and who he is. But the Thunder got a lot better when he left. Well, not a lot. I mean, they they only got like one seed higher, but they, they played overall better. And now the Wizards are overall playing. And um, it's all about – you got to have the right guys around him. And unfortunately he's in a situation now where it's not that way either. That Oklahoma city team that he had, it was built for him to be ball dominant, have guys around him. Um, He was probably one shooter away from that team actually being a legit title contender. Um, But this Washington team, it allows Bill to do what he does. And then, you know, it got mentioned last week. And 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 I'm looking at the roster now. They do have the reigning sixth man of the year in Harold, and you do have Kyle Kuzma finally being able to flourish. And then they did get Dinwiddie. So yeah, we hadn't watched it, but um, this there's five new players that I'm seeing right here, right off the top, that weren't there last year. So I could flip that Westbrook argument. I'm still gonna say that that maybe Russ is, the last couple of years has affected the teams he's been on and and just in be honest about it. But also on the flip side, there are a lot of guys here that weren't here before and clearly they are jiving in and got good chemistry because, um, you know, one of the numbers that sticks out to me, I'm looking at it, right. There's not, there's not a 10 assist guy, right. There are three different guys averaging five assists or more. That's team ball. Right. You got a, uh, you got three, four guys averaging sixteen or more points with Bill leading the way with twenty-three. So very collective team effort. So um yeah, I mean they got something going there. And with if they can stay healthy, I mean when you look at these names, I don't know that they're gonna win a title, but um I would definitely keep them in the top four.
3: Yeah, I mean, when when you're looking at the top eight seeds being Brooklyn. Chicago, Miami. Um, you've got Philadelphia in there, but the other teams, you got Cleveland, New York, Charlotte, Toronto, Boston.
0: Well, there's Milwaukee. You know what? I didn't mention Milwaukee because they're so far down on that the standings, I wasn't even paying attention. I I would I the two games I watched them, they won. So I I haven't seen their losses to know why the heck they're not even in the top ten spots.
3: Well, I mean they're they're minus 1.9 in, in point differential. They've lost their last two um, it, it it honestly it, it looks like yeah, it looks like defensively they they're not
0: playing that great. But would Mo- would Milwaukee to you be a team that, that's similar to what the Lakers were saying last year even though it didn't work out for the Lakers with Giannis and Middleton and Holiday and them would you feel like they're a team that it really wouldn't matter what seed they are that you would still have confidence in them to win any series? You
5: you know you know my my biggest you know point of emphasis.
3: Who's the defending champ? Milwaukee. They're the defending champs until they're beaten. So of course you don't want to see them in the playoffs. I think for for me, my my point was when you got teams like if you're the Wizards and you got teams like Cleveland, the Knicks, the Hornets, the Raptors, and I'm going to throw the Celtics in there because I don't think they're that good. Uh, when when those are the teams that you're battling for spots with, like I think you got a really good chance of, of being in the, the top quadrant of, of the playoffs. I, I, I really do. Um, when your threats are the Nets, the Bulls, and the Heat, like, okay. Like, those are – before we got into the season we probably knew that going in so.
0: yeah, and that's where and that's where you want to stay so you don't i mean if you stay in that top four you avoid facing one of those those other three you know studded teams in the first round and that's the goal i mean ultimately you're gonna to have to go through those teams but at least for first round sake you would love to avoid playing any of those other three at all costs
3: absolutely so we we talked about your boy uh, Westbrook so the the Lakers are now above 500 they're 8 and 6 they've won 1 they're 6 and 4 their last 10 um, you know what are they playing better or are they playing teams that are lower caliber what's going on with the Lakers and what's going on with Westbrook
0: I, I said it last week and then it right it just it's really rains true dude it ain't even about, like, even when Anthony Davis and Westbrook get theirs. Now, granted, you know, I text you, you know, Westbrook's big triple-double night. They took care of business. When when he gets a triple-double, they seem to win. But, really, it's the other guy they brought in. When Carmelo lights it up off the bench, they win every single one of those games. He is the definition of an X Factor because every game Anthony Davis is getting his um Westbrook is is bipolar it's one one game he's amazing the next game it's like he needs to retire but you you follow Carmelo
3: enough through his career um I mean there was a good spurt of time where he was you know top of the league one of the best players in the league but now you're right x-factor like what is it about him where he can travel from team to team but like he makes teams just dangerous when he's
0: when – he Well, runs. and, okay, so this is something that bothers me about my boy. So, if you remember when he went to Oklahoma City, they wanted him to be a sixth man, and he said, hell no, right? And because they had Russ and Paul George, and they had the scoring that they needed in the first unit, they didn't have anything in the second unit. When he went to Portland, he willingly took that role, and he was getting to shoot all the shots he wanted, and – and he was doing his thing, you know. In Portland, he was leading that second unit, and he was he was making buckets, and now he's doing it again. I, I feel like he should have embraced that earlier because he is a ball-dominant guy, and he is one of the best pure scorers that ever played this game. And if you allow him to be able to just do what he wants, which he can do with the second unit, because you don't have to worry about those other guys. Um, and if he gets hot, I mean, it doesn't matter. You can tell me he's 37, like, when – or 36 – When he gets hot, man, he's still one of the hardest player top top ten hardest players to guard. Period. I mean, he's got that turnaround fade uh, shot that he he does. It's still unguardable. Yeah, it's still as pretty as ever.
3: So, looking at the Western Conference, I mean, any surprises? Anything stick out? I mean, for me, uh, the Clippers being back up in the six when we were talking bad about them a couple of weeks ago um to me that's a surprise the kings you know you know trying to figure it out trying to turn around that might be a little bit of surprise but um you know it, it it's in the order and the seating may be off a little bit but the teams to me are, are right well the, pretty the, much where we the thought teams are
0: right but the team that that's the team that we talk about a lot, obviously, and I'm going to ask you about because you sent me a text. Um, the Grizzlies shouldn't be in the eight spot. They should be in maybe the six or five spot losing games that they shouldn't, but specifically that Pelicans game. And I understand the Pelicans have had their number over the X amount of years, right? But that team has been terrible. Like, you know, like how, how, pissed you know just being honest like how pissed were you that they lost that game
3: so here's here's my feelings is that if we are who we say we are which by all accounts everyone believes that we are a tier above where we've been in the past now that tier might be somewhere you know no longer a 7-8 seed more like a six five four seed which okay if that's the case you don't lose to teams like the pelicans you just don't um they've got two wins on the season and one of those wins is against us i mean that's you shouldn't lose games like that especially if you want to be in a tier above tonight was a good turnaround for them playing a Rockets team that you know is is last place in the entire nba um so I would have been worried if they came out and they were flat and they, and they I would I would have been worried if they would have lost, but I would have been worried as well as if they.
0: Well, I'm looking at their stat
3: straight by and one.
0: I'm looking at their stat line for tonight, and you know, a key to success will always be having six guys in double figures. You had six guys with twelve or more. Um, that'll always get you there. Shooting fifty-five percent from the field. 39 percent from three the, the, those are things that'll definitely get you there uh, and I feel like that's I feel like that's been a thing you know like everybody wants Jaw to go out and drop 40 but I don't think that's the best way to win like are you know there's always the Westbrook comparisons right I'm not even trying to make this about my boy but the the winning formula was never when Westbrook was going out in Oklahoma City and dropping 50 points nor Harden in Houston it's It's about getting others involved, and I think that is the way these Grizzlies are built. I think you got to get three, four, five guys heavily involved in the scoring. Would you not agree?
3: Yeah, um, obviously, they get Dylan Brooks back. that changes the dynamic a little bit um you know and and you're right. I think there needs to be more balanced scoring. I don't think. Josh should have to have the weight of the world and have to score, you know, 35, 40 points a game for them to win. Um, but, like, it, if that is the case, we've seen that recipe work for other teams, scoring 30 or 40 every single night to win games.
0: But know. it hadn't, but it, it, for those teams using the, the Harden and the Russ again, it doesn't work come playoff time though. That's the problem. They'll eventually shut you down for Dame too, uh Dame Lillard too. Like, I mean, it's uh, it was fine for regular season, but come postseason, these coaches are not gonna allow one guy to beat them.
3: Very true. So, you know, I um I I started looking at the the record and I, I still was harping on that loss to the Pelicans. But then I started looking at the schedule and looked at their loss. So when you look at their losses like from a holistic standpoint, you have the Pelicans, you have the Suns, you have the Hornets, you have the Heat, the Trailblazers, the Lakers. Those are their losses. So if you were to just to do a
5: pick 'em, who wins, who loses, I would say the Suns they probably lose.
3: The Heat they probably lose. The Lakers, they probably lose. It's basically, they
0: it's basically just the Pelicans and the Hornets.
3: Yeah, I mean, because the Wizards, we're looking at their record, they're seeming to be all much better. So you lose that game, okay, I get it. You lose to the Trailblazers, you shouldn't have gotten beat by 30 points, but you lose to the Trailblazers, okay, it's not like they're a slouch team. They've been a playoff team. They're a good team. They, They know how to win. They got a superstar. They got... Probably two superstars, but but
0: if, but if you look at those wins, I'm try, I'm looking at it right now. There, other than the Rockets, are they not all playoff teams across the board?
3: Yeah, and and that's the thing. I think that's what's most frustrating about it all is that when you turn around and do a back-to-back against Denver and you win both games, you go um, on the road, you win against Golden State, you turn around, you win. You know. A, to me that's what's frustrating when you lose to the rocket or to the Pelicans. <laughs> so yeah. So the, the, way,
0: the, Warriors only have two losses and one of them are to you. And then right. the, and then the, the Pelicans only have one or only have two wins and one of them is against you. Like that's, that's your point. Like, how does that happen?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough, tough pill to swallow, um, but I, I'm still holding true. I mean, even the nuggets of their five losses, Two of them have been to the Grizzlies, and you're talking about a team that's seven seven and three of their last ten. Like that's a, that's a good team, playoff team. So I, it's early. I'm not by no means am I pressing the panic button. If you read Twitter, there's a lot of people pressing the panic button. I'm far from that, but um, I do believe that in order for the Grizzlies to to be who they say they are, they cannot lose games to the Pelicans. So all right, let's uh let's transition, let's move forward, let's talk, we'll stay on the hardwoods, but we're gonna we're gonna move over to college basketball and um you know it it's early in the season, you're looking at, you know, some teams three games in, some most teams two games in. You're looking at um a very early comparison of of all the college basketball the only one right now that's been really battle tested for sure is gonzaga they played texas and and picked up a win but
0: duke and kentucky played each other
3: yeah but like how good is kentucky like that that's 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 my issue and really last year how good is duke so If you look at it from a from a a global standpoint, yeah, those two teams over the course of time they're really good. So yeah, I'll I'll give Duke that. They got to win, you know, in that regard. But um, you know, number one team in the country playing the number eight team in the country like that's 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 a pretty big deal. Um, Obviously, the number seven team playing the number thirteen pretty big deal. So I'll, I'll give them that. But what I, I want you to look, what
0: I want you to look at in them standings is, or them rankings, is you know, I want to talk Tigers, and what I want to talk about is, I hope number fourteen and number seventeen, not only stay there, but I hope they climb the charts because Memphis gets them back to back, and man, what. Not to get way ahead of myself, but an opportunity at back-to-back ranked victories against the SEC is just the sweetest sounding thing ever.
3: Yeah, I mean, what what you're getting into, and, and that's putting the cart before the horse for sure, but what you're about to get into with Memphis is a very tough stretch of game. And it's going to be the games where we get to see how good they really are. Because tomorrow night, it's it's going to be a test. They're going to take on a team that was in the NCAA tournament last year. They're playing St. Louis. St. Louis has been uh, a conference rival back in the day. That's always been a tough, tough game. Um, you turn around again, you know, three days later, you got Western Kentucky who drummed you last year They They don't have. Uh, their big guy, Bassie, but they're going to be good. Another tournament team. You turn around um, next week during Thanksgiving, and you got Virginia Tech. Um, and Virginia Tech is borderline being ranked right now. And then you'll have the opportunity to play. Those I mean, players. they got a chance at
0: SEC supremacy altogether. Four of those five oh. games against SEC teams.
3: Yeah, then it's then it's a gauntlet of SEC. You got Georgia, Ole Miss, you. Throw a three and oh Murray State team is always, you know, pretty tough.
0: Luckily, Java play
3: for him. <laughs> I mean, luckily, that's for sure. I bet he's at the game if he can be though.
0: Which hey, I love I love if you watch obviously I know you're not a big social media guy, man. He is a Tigers fan. I love it.
3: Yeah, I'm sure he'll be a Tigers fan every day except for twelve ten. Yeah. I, I just don't don't see him wearing anything other than Murray State gear if he comes to that game. Well, let,
0: let, let me tell you, Daniel, on here, since, you know, we texted about it a little bit. Look, I went in that 2019 season, I went to one of the first few games in which, you know, they had Precious and they had Wiseman. And this ain't that team, dude. I understand there was a lot of hype. Okay. I have never in my life, seen a team with this kind of length and athleticism in person in a college basketball game. And I don't care that they were playing a nobody. If they wanted to, they could have held these dudes to 20 points. Um anytime that they pressed and wanted and wanted to the force force the uh 10 second violation, they did. They did it like six, seven times. They had they had, I think 13 blocks, 12 steals, um, forced like close to 30 turnovers. And it was just, man, it was something. And then, like, you know, crashing the boards, throw throwback dunks, like, I mean, they they just so long, Daniel. You know, we make all the Scotty Pippen jokes, right? Like, is dude there's a bunch of Scotty Pippins out there.
3: Well, let, let's just put it in perspective. Tomorrow night, if I had to guess, here, here's. Here, here's a starting lineup
5: scenario. All right. DeAndre Williams, 6'9. Lester Canone, 6'5. You got
3: Jalen Duran, 6'11. Imani Bates, 6'9. And then from there, you're probably going to have. What they they had a couple different.
0: I mean, they did ALO last scenarios. game, which is like your one short guy.
3: Yeah. And, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. And, and so I was, don't think I don't think Alo is going to be a starter. But
0: you, but your first guy off the bench was Landon Nolly. Yeah, he was six seven. Like I mean, they did you know I think Minot might have been the next one. Like it's just dude, they like Ty, Tyler Harris came in and looked like he was like you know the the middle school team came came and play. He was I mean playing amongst those trees, of course. He, play, he played like he, he belonged, nailing some shots, but you get what I'm saying as far as size and height. Like, it was – and there was a story I actually didn't tell you. I got to tell you, Daniel. Have you ever seen a guy with his team down 42 at the time, number zero for the other team um, – I'm drawing a blank on who they played the other night. It's not even worth remembering. He, he made a bucket over, I want to say Lawson. And he actually flexed on him, and went ah! And my whole section started laughing because it was right there in front of us on on our end. Like who flexes on somebody down forty two?
3: Hey, you got to do what you can, man. I guess, but uh, that's that's his one time to shine, and that'll be his one one thing to take away and remember. Of his hey, hey lucky they
0: didn't get a chance. That it was late in the game. They it was only like four minutes left. And they had had a chance. They probably would have uh, thrown down a dunk right over the top of them. Yeah, you just need to get big, like
3: like Jalen Duran, because that dude puts it down all the time. We'll we'll
0: see. We'll see as the season progresses. Like, I mean, I can only go off you know the game I saw in person, but I Duran was amazing. Like nothing short of amazing. But I was I was really more impressed with Bates and watching Bates bring the ball down the court. You know, last time you seen a guard, and obviously he's taller. But the last time I seen a guard that tall, bringing the ball down court was one Anthony Penny Hardaway. That's that's the crazy irony. All
3: right, so let's 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 look into the future here. Let's let's have a little fun with this. You're picking a Final Four today. Who's your Final Four?
5: Give me UCLA. i still put Gonzaga in
0: there. Um, UCLA, Gonzaga. Memphis is going to be in there. I'm going to homer that one, but I believe that they – I believe that they have the talent really to do it. Um, I don't want to do Duke. I kind of wanted to do Baylor, just on recency bias, but I'm not going to. Um go back though. Let me let me go ahead and go with Texas. A team with one loss. And I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna pick that, Daniel. Because they right. failed me last year when I picked them to, go to the final four and they owe me. They
3: owe you. They owe me. Uh, I mean, when you if you saw Gonzaga play the other night against Texas, clearly. Something's clicking in them. Well, and that's why the
0: one loss didn't bother me because it was oh, yeah, who it yeah. was.
3: That's probably a better loss now than it would be later in the season.
0: And you always say it's better to lose earlier than later, so
3: Yeah. So for me, if I had to pick a final final four, give me Gonzaga, give me Michigan, give me Memphis, give me Illinois. And
5: and boy, would, that boy I, went I, two I, big ten teams. I had I,
3: I would I would pay money to see Michigan and Memphis in the in the championship
0: game. I think you'd pay money to see Memphis play anybody in the championship game.
3: Very true. Very true. Facts, baby. Facts. Um we'll, uh, I'll go with we'll, you. We we're writing we'll,
0: it off on in off the bench.
3: Yep. We'll 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 do a, a, a tax deduction right off, uh business expense uh, for the podcast, Memphis going to the final four, scoop up some tickets, both games and we'll have a good time, but, um, write it down, etch it down. We'll, we'll revisit this obviously each week. We got a big, big week. Memphis got, um, they got St. Louis tomorrow night. They got Western Kentucky at the end of the week. So, uh, we'll see exactly where they stand at a, at a higher tier, a higher caliber. Seventy
0: seven. 54,
3: Seventy-seven-fifty-four. 54. Um, here's what I know. Memphis is going to score 80 plus. Well,
0: that know. makes my prediction wrong. I don't like that.
3: So there it is. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, man. Let's let's get into some college football. And I, I mean, I don't know whether this weekend was eventful or uneventful. I mean, there was a couple games that you know you could be like oh that was a good game that was you know shocking um but nothing really in the top 25 to write home about obviously i mean if you look at it cincinnati continues to win just you know nothing flashy against south florida they they, they are just slowly just doing what they need to do to maintain their stability in that college football playoff. Georgia roll, rolling again, still doing what they're supposed to do. Alabama, we joked about the 51-point uh, spread, but, you know, it turns out like it's not a big deal for them. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, Oregon, I didn't put
0: it on there regardless, so we, yeah. we ducked that one.
3: Oregon beats Washington State. Ohio State, you know, evades the the, the giant killer Purdue. Michigan beats Penn State. Michigan State improves the nine and one Baylor upsets Oklahoma I don't really know if that's an upset I, I think we all agree that we didn't think Oklahoma was as good as as a, as a well there was certain somebody no he
0: here tonight he picked Oklahoma we picked Baylor
3: well hey it is what it is man but I I was Confident that the Baylor
0: Bears. I put like, no, hey, I just want you to know before you say this next one, it was the first time ever in a parlay I did because I always refuse to pick them. I put Notre Dame in my parlay and it came through. That's a good pick. Good pick. Every uh, every pick was I went five out of six on all three. Only one team was and you know, I made a mistake. We'll get to them in a minute. But I know this, and you know this, Daniel. When you do parlays, don't put you can't put one game on all three that can ruin all three. And somehow I managed to do that. I didn't think I did it until I looked at my slips, and then I realized Memphis did it. But we'll get to that in a minute.
3: Well, and then really – the, Go to
0: that Mississippi State one. Well, I mean, we had I, a guess that's worth talking about.
3: Yeah, I, I I skipped over that on purpose. I mean, the others, Ole Miss, I mean, we always thought they had a chance to beat Texas A&M. They, they did it with the offense. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're down 28 to 10 at halftime, and you absolutely will Rogers an absolute onslaught the second half. And 44 of 55 for
0: 415, six touchdowns. And I mean, you said 28 10 at half. They're down 28 3 is actually, you know, in, in Will's interview, he said getting that touchdown right before the half gave them a little bit of confidence starting in that second half and then. To your point, they just started rolling. Now, I will say this. As much as the offense did what they did and Will did what they did, Um, the ESPN guy who I was watching the post-game thing, you know, Auburn was was shut down the second half to no touchdowns. So, you you got to give Mississippi State's defense credit for whatever they talked about and discussed at halftime because uh Mississippi State scoring points or not can't come back if they don't stop Auburn from scoring. Very true.
3: Very true. So, um, so you're going to look at our predictions based on that recap of the week, our predictions: You got one point for Baylor covering in, against Oklahoma. They ended up beating them. Um, and you got uh, two points for Michigan uh, covering and beating Penn State. Uh, you did not get points for Purdue, Ohio State. Just
5: Damn giant slayer. Them. Just Let just me molly down.
3: Them. But you did end up with three points. You went last week 15 points. This week you got three points, so you in total have 18. I improved your record by three, not too bad, pretty good weekend. Uh, For me, I picked Oklahoma. I was on the the wrong end of that. I did pick Ole Miss to cover against Texas A&M. I got two points there, but um, I missed out just barely on Kentucky over Vanderbilt. I picked Kentucky to cover 21 points, and they just missed it. So I got two points. I had 25 last week. I got two this week. I got a total of 27. So I'm I'm cruising. I'm in first. You're in second. You know, it's, it, it's food selling for me unless you can just figure out how to just start to annihilate me. But with that, we got to take a look at our predictions for this week. I will uh, tell you this, that the the game of the week, there's a not many options. There's a couple of different options, but I think the best of the options is going to be Michigan State, Ohio State. Um, you can take a look at it. Seven seed, Michigan State, four seed, Ohio State in Columbus. You got, uh, you got Arkansas, Alabama, 25 and a
0: two. Oh, hey, that's an eventful thing. Let me tell you something. The Arkansas kicker doing the gritty, a poor version, a poor busted version. On the on the Tiger Eye, man, boy, you got a you're a freshman. You got to you got to come back to Baton Rouge in two years. You better you better hope somebody doesn't lay your ass out on a kickoff.
3: Well, he better kick it out of the back of the end zone. That's all I got. All right, so Michigan State, Ohio State, pretty pretty oh, confident yeah. in that. I, I
0: don't even think it's even debatable.
3: All right, so um, I'll give you the option. You can either pick this game first, or you can defer, and I'll pick it, and then you can pick the the next.
0: All right, let's get it out of the way, and I'm going to pick Michigan State, and let me tell you why. I've told you repeatedly week after week, whatever team losing that helps Cincinnati get their chance. I'm not a Cincinnati fan, never will be, but I just want a non-Power 5 team to get their shot. So – it's beneficial for Ohio State to lose.
3: You know,
5: that's uh here here's the thing. It I I think you're right. I think it, it helps
3: um create some balance, you know, maybe some chaotic balance, but balance nonetheless in the college football playoff. Um but let me let me tell you this. Nineteen points. Is Michigan State 19 points better than Ohio
0: State? 19.
3: The the line the line is
0: 19. Oh, I know the first bet I'm putting on my parlay this week. No, they ain't 19. They ain't right. They ain't. But is is
3: is Ohio State 19 points better than Michigan State?
0: No, That's- they. I mean, they may not be better than them all together. I mean, Michigan State's really good yeah that's i didn't even see that until you brought that to my attention i didn't see that's disrespectful
3: yeah 19 points i think a lot of it has to do with the name ohio state and playing in columbus
5: i think that gives them
3: you know a a couple more points Uh, you know i as, as much as i would like to Oh, as much as I would like to take, you know, I am. I'm going to take Ohio State to cover. Um, You know, I'm going to shake it up. It's only one point if I lose, um, you know, I'll I'll take it. I'll make it interesting for you, even though I, I think Michigan State has got a good
1: chance to win. All right.
3: That leaves us less than seven points. Do you, you want to pick this one or you want me to pick?
0: I'll let you have the floor first. I don't seem – this is the only one I seem to get right. Uh, I don't ever get the 3.1 right, so it don't matter.
3: All right, so I would say Oakland. Like I feel like that's an easy one.
1: Clemson, Wake Forest. Man, I don't know. Um, oh.
3: I mean, that's got to be it right there, Baylor. Give me Baylor over Kansas State. I don't care if they're going into Manhattan, Kansas, or not.
0: So, Baylor just beat Oklahoma, and they're only a one-point favorite on Kansas State. I don't know. Some of these lines, I feel like, somebody hacked these things.
3: Hey. I'm picking it up while while I see it in front of me. All
5: right, All
3: right. who you got? Who you taking?
0: Um, give me Oklahoma on the bounce back, covering four at home against Iowa State.
3: That was what I looked at. I, I, I feel you there.
1: Oklahoma bouncing back. They need to bounce back. That was a
3: um, – I don't know if it's a rough loss. I wouldn't say that, but I, I think it's just the timing of the loss is not good and coupled with, um, you know, I, you're at a point now where your one loss is really putting you at a, at a stranglehold. You, you don't have really a whole lot that you can do, and except hope that other teams lose with you, which I don't know if that's going to happen.
0: Right. Hey, do you think the reason there's not a line on Georgia Charleston Southern is because there isn't a line big enough?
3: <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, is it is Charleston Southern. Uh
0: they're 4 FCS. and 5. They're they're visiting Georgia. Yeah.
3: I mean, are they a FCS school? Like that's why there's no line. Not...
0: Yeah. They I mean, they're
5: uh I think they're Division 2. Poor, poor guys.
0: Georgia fixing to hurt some feelings. So now we're on the plus seven, right? Let's
5: let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Who you got? Who you taking? Who you
1: want? Uh man, I'm a lie.
5: You go
3: know Go ahead and take them. Go ahead and take them.
5: Oh, no, I'm the game below. I'm going with Michigan.
3: Oh, Michigan 15 over Maryland.
0: Hmm. Michigan's going to be the one to ruin it for Cincinnati, by the way, because they're going to beat Ohio State. I'm calling it.
3: Jim Harbaugh Michigan teams don't beat Ohio State. It's going to
0: happen this year, dude. Everybody slept on them.
3: Michigan's gotta cover
5: fifteen. Fifteen points. All right, where am I gonna land in this? Where's Alabama
0: at? Has 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 I feel like when I'm looking at these scores, uh, cause it's the same way on my phone as your computer, I feel like their rankings haven't been. Okay, there we go. You know what on the scores on the scores it doesn't have them updated because I was looking at the Auburn game and it had them at 17. I was like, how did they lose and stay in the same spot? For whatever reason on the scores, it didn't have that updated. I don't know why.
5: Probably because they wait for the college football playoff to rank them.
0: Beat, well, because it had Baylor still at 13 after beating Oklahoma on the score saying, and now it has them at 11 and ahead of Oklahoma. So,
3: you know, I. It's a tough one. You know, when when all else fails, you know what you do.
5: Take Ohio yeah. State to Alabama. <laughs>
3: yep.
1: Give me Alabama. Alabama. Bama cover
3: twenty and a half. and hmm. Not a big deal. Especially when you just covered 51 last week. All right, man, we, we are set. We're ready. Let's move on to more grid Let's talk NFL. And, um, you know, the, the Niners just beat the hell out of the Rams, 31 to 10 in Monday Night Football. I gotta, you know, get an update. Give me an update on my fantasy team that I that I that I hold on. I mean, the the Rams defense. Was
0: yeah, you held on. And you
3: the- you won
0: you won by I believe a ten spot.
3: It's been it's been two weeks in a row of of just barely hanging on, which is not not the way I would like to, but hey. Wins are wins these days. So, Well,
0: let me tell you something. Since you don't read the group thread, I was told that since I changed my name back to my original name and my original picture, that I was going to go back to my losing ways. Well, I'm back to the C-squared rookies. I got my son as my profile picture. Anyway, not only did I not lose, I won by 75, and the next closest score to me by anybody in the league is 40 points. So... Take that for data. Data. Data.
3: That's what's up. All right, let's take a look. This week, recap. Obviously, starting, you know, last Thursday, the Dolphins surprised the Ravens, put one on them, which, I mean, you, Ravens come off an overtime game where they had to run a shit ton of plays. They go to an early week against the Dolphins, have a letdown game. I think they bounced back, and they'll be all right. Uh, Cowboys bounce back. Just hey, fine. I got to
0: I gotta tell you something that I learned earlier on in regards to Thursday games. Did you know, and it doesn't matter because you get a week off, but did you know that our teams play on Thanksgiving, not against each other, but then turn around and play Thursday, football the next week? So back-to-back Thursday games for us, me and you, our teams. I,
3: I like that, actually. I'm not opposed
0: to that. No, not at all. Sundays, you tend to usually be a busier day. I'm okay. Yeah.
3: Just means I got to stay up later, but.
0: <laughs> well, uh, not, yeah. not on th- Thanksgiving, you got the day game. You're good.
3: True. True that. So, Cowboys come back, whoop up on the Falcons, look much better this week than they did the previous week. Uh, Bucks now lost two in a row, uh, drop one to Washington, look bad all the way around. Saints, um, we'll, we'll get into the Saints, man. I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like they had opportunities. They just couldn't it it, it, It's first. just
0: simple. We don't got to get into it. It's just simple. They they should have and could have won that game without even having Alvin Kamara and Simeon still a quarterback. But we there's still a guy who's on IR that, you know, most people don't pay attention to a kicker, but Will Lutz has yet to play this year. And we've had three different kickers this year. And we ain't even got a guy who can make an extra point. And if we did, there's a different outcome on that game.
3: Probably very true about that. Colts beat Jaguars,
0: Patriots. That's the surprise game. That's the surprise game. It's not, not the fact that not they to won. Me. It's not, not that. No, it's not that they won. It's the score. I mean, I,
1: the, who who I do the
0: Patriots beat like that? Period with in the t- the post Tom Brady era. You know.
3: I think what it is, what it comes down to, the Browns just
5: aren't that good.
0: But it's not – it wasn't an OBJ thing, and I got, no. cre- I got credit in our group message. It is a when Nick Chubb and Hunt are there versus when they're not there. They have two running backs that are based upon the way they win and lose and based upon stats are easily – it's not even debatable – the best tandem running backs in the NFL. And when they're not there um, and Baker has to do it, Without them, they suck.
3: Yeah, well, they got some work to do because they're they're falling fast. Bills come back, um, have a better week against the Jets, Steelers, and Lions. I watch. Yeah, I've been waiting. Watched,
0: for, I've been waiting for this with you so you know, bad. I
3: I watched this game from. Yeah, I think it's the start of overtime, and it was basically who. Wanted to lose this game the most because they both tried to lose it every way imaginable: turnovers, missed kicks, you name it. But you know, it the Steelers, you know, don't have Roethlisberger. Start Mason Rudolph. Still, I don't think was an excuse, and just couldn't couldn't figure out a way to win. The Lions, the Lions found win. a way to
0: not have a uh, all losing season, and wow. you know, in a weird way. I mean, I feel like the tie is worse than the loss. It, it is, loss it is. and, and I've been waiting for the first tie in the NFL since you've given soccer so much grief.
3: Oh, And, and here it is, and it's, it it looks ugly, it feels ugly, and they should be ashamed of themselves.
0: The next game that you're going to read, I don't even pay one bit of attention. It was – they didn't play anybody. The Cardinals decided they were going to take a bye week, and I actually am okay – I like it. And the fact that the Rams lost tonight, Daniel, just made it that much easier for them. They decided to not risk the health of three-star players, and it paid off because, yeah, they lost, but the team that they had to worry about on their heels lost, too. And so, no no ground game. Well, I think
3: the story isn't the score of the game and the Panthers winning. The story of this game is Cam Newton comes back from not playing and he actually it looks like he, he knows what he's doing.
0: Well, he, he only threw for like thirty yards or something, dude.
3: But he, he didn't have to do anything. Like that's
0: He ran his mouth when he ran in a touchdown. He's gonna be the same dude. No. I mean he he very well might be, but the the story will be since you brought it up, the story now is because the Bucks and the Saints lost again. The South is actually wide ass open. Hmm. I still think it's the the Bucks or Saints, and right now the Bucks. But, but here's here's when you look at standings, is, it's all any of those teams are in it. As as much as you know,
3: as much as I just talked about Cam Newton, the reality is is there's not a very good quarterback in that division except for Tom Brady and. When that's the case, like my money's on that
0: guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean the Pan- yeah. the Panthers and the Saints as of recently is it's been about what or at least that game is Christian McCaffrey and in their first couple games before he got hurt, it's what Christian McCaffrey can do for you. For the Saints, it's been what Alvin Kamara can do for you. It's been more about the running back for those two teams than it has been the quarterback.
3: Yeah. Um
0: how about those Chiefs coming back to life?
3: Oh, Chiefs, Chiefs bouncing back i mean
0: back atop the division right yeah. where you knew they'd eventually be
3: you know they they'd they be the raiders raiders are i think exactly where they are they're maybe a little bit above 500 or a 500 football um and they they showed that against the Chiefs, the packers and the seahawks russell wilson struggled mightily i know he's been out i know he's just this first game back but uh you could tell um Being off for a significant amount of time has has made it. If if you were to if you were
0: to look at the slate and you were to take your team off off the slate, would that not be the game that you would have been first to pick to tune into? And that's the game you got. Yeah. Well, here's the thing:
3: I did tune into that game, and that was the game I got. Like you know, you know my feelings toward Aaron Rodgers, like.
0: I'm not picking that game because of him, right? I mean, it, you wanted to see Russell Wilson come back, and with Correct. Russell Wilson, the Seahawks are supposed to be a contender team, and so yeah, like that's supposed to be the game of the week as far as your your Sunday slate, and it was anything but.
3: Yeah, it was it was it was an ugly game, um, to say the least. So that's the slate of games. That's a recap. Let's take a look at at our predictions from last week. So, Jim, you, you were in first place last week. Uh, your record last week was 25-10. and 10. Uh, This week, you picked up a, a win with the Saints covering, even though they lost. They covered the spread, so you get a point for that. You also got a point for the Chiefs covering against the Raiders. You did not get any more points, I'm afraid. Your record. But, but
0: you know what? A lot of those picks, remember, I mirrored Randy just so he couldn't gain ground. So really i was just pick wrong because I followed the wrong person.
3: Very true. But at, at at the end of the day, you you went two and four, which imp- which, you know, bumped your record to twenty seven and fourteen. Me, on the other hand, I got I got a point for the Packers. Got them. They covered four. Uh, I got a point for the Patriots. They were getting one. And then I got a point for the Cowboys. They covered nine. So I got three points total. I went three and three this week. I went from 19 and 16 to 22 and 19. So I am, am, am inching my way closer to you. i still in second place. So I think I'm, I would say, have to- I'm
0: going six and zero this week. So you can go ahead and wrap uh, so- this thing up, LeBeau
3: then if you're going 6 and 0 oh, then I'm going to mirror everything that you do so I can <laughs> So let's uh let's take a look at it. We got week 11 coming at us. Thursday night Patriots Falcons. I don't know if you want any part of that but um I'm in I'm in last place. I would I'm going to um give you the opportunity to pick first and I will pick
0: back to back. I'm gonna come at you, and I'm gonna come at you hard. I'm taking the Chiefs to cover the two on the Cowboys. I'm
3: glad you did that because I want all of that smoke. I want it all. So uh, I'm glad you picked that game. Even that's even, though that's, even easily, though that's 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 my move to pick my team. That's
0: easily. It's not. I'm looking at the slate of games. I mean, there isn't even a game that close to that one. That is the game of the week and a runaway. Right. That's the one to watch.
5: You are taking the Chiefs, and they are a two-point favorite. Two points. You already know where I'm going. Give me them boys getting two points. Give them to me. All right. So, me, moving forward.
3: Well, if you pick my team. I'm gonna pick your team. Give me the Eagles over the Saints, and they're gonna cover. Oh yeah, and that—that's who they
5: that? who that,
3: and that's that's me picking Philly. That's picking know. a
0: division foe. Yeah, that's so sad. But go ahead, and no, I got the Saints. Let's do this. We stay opposite. Us. Let's let's see what happens
3: going to be a, a tough
5: week for you when I when I win all these games. I'm fixing to hit you with a stunner. You ready? Go ahead. Vikings over the Packers. Oh, Lord.
0: All right. I'm going to make you pick Aaron Rodgers. That's right. I just made you pick Philly. I didn't make you. You picked Philly. But you picked Philly, and now you're going to have to make – Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to pick an NFC East team followed by Aaron Rodgers.
5: So let, Let's let's backtrack a week. All right. Seahawks, Packers. I did pick the Packers,
3: So I I ain't afraid to pick Aaron Rodgers. Do I like him? No. But
5: guess what? I'm going to pick him. I'm going <laughs> Packers. Are you going Packers? We're gonna end up picking all six different. We're gonna go three and three.
1: Watch. Packers getting two and a half. You're taking Vikings. Give me Packers. All right, let me see. What do I got?
3: trying to look and see if there's a game. Here we go. Lions and Browns. Man, I want to take the Lions so bad.
5: I don't want to take either of them.
3: (laughs) I mean...
0: The Browns, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you want to know, I'm going to take them because both running backs will be back.
3: Well...
5: I'm gonna hold off.
3: I might, I might go that way.
5: Once you pick your boy Cam, I'll go the opposite way there. Cam Newton. Yeah.
0: Not Cameron James.
3: I don't know. Washington looked good. That defense was strong. Uh, give me a hey, shout out, Antonio
0: Gibson, for coming back and being a, a guy that I picked in the second round. Worth it. Yeah. On my give bench. Me.
3: I'm going to take Cincinnati.
5: Oh, we're sticking together. You know I ain't picking against them. Huh? You ready for your boy Jamar Chase to get back to
0: work?
3: Yeah, I need those guys back back on. I need for
0: – Which also, you picked the Packers. I mean, you just need Justin Jefferson to blow up too. You should have went with that, the Vikings on that one too. Wow,
3: hey, that's what it is. All right, you're taking Cincinnati, I'm assuming? Yeah. All right, you want to do two more games or you want to leave it at four?
5: I'll do two more. All right. Let me get the Cardinals back healthy over those Seahawks.
3: All day, bro. All day. I mean, I I don't know what the Seahawks could do differently in one week that would drastically make them a contender in this game. I don't <laughs> the only thing that I guess I could
5: say is that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson.
0: The hole that they've dug, though, like, I mean, they had to win out and make the playoffs. I oh,
3: mean, but what I hope is that D.K. Metcalf has a great game. That's all I care about. All
1: right, one more pick from me. Colts oh, and Bills, Ravens and Bears, Titans – Monday night. I don't want to wait that long. If I took
5: the Chargers, would you take the Steelers?
1: Heck no. All right.
5: I'm
3: going on the limb. Give me the. Give me the Lions.
0: Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Oh my.
3: Yeah, I just think. It's a
0: fun one. Give me those Browns. Uh, And you know what? Baker ain't playing. All the more reason to take him. At least they suggest he's not going to.
3: I mean, the Lions are getting
1: 10 points.
3: All right, man. Those are our picks. Six games. We'll see how the dice rolls. A lot of our picks are against each other, so got a chance to make up quite a bit of ground or but dallas wolf folk dig my grave either either one <laughs> and, uh, all right man last call what what you got
0: uh yeah a few uh guest notes uh johnny smith came on here finally got to do that first professional mma fight he won and so, uh, shout-out, congratulations to him. Uh, shout-out as well to Grace Storty, University of Memphis. They advanced in the uh, tournament, NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, um, you know, I was rooting for LSU harder than Memphis as much as I love Grace. Uh, we were there, and um, LSU uh, had to pack their bags and head back home. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we support Grace and you – we definitely both support the University of Memphis, but you strongly support the University of Memphis. So, um, right. shout, out, shout out to to her and her team for, for getting it done. And um we got, you know, if you follow us on social media, if you're actually listening to this, when it comes to a lot of these athletes, a lot of them got a lot of big things coming up. I'm not going to sit here and list them all off. But um, the fighters, we got three of them got fights coming up. Kentucky volleyball is – got big things going on um you know so just be on the lookout follow follow us on instagram twitter facebook whatever we put out all the things for our athletes uh, a lot of big things coming up
3: absolutely man what a lot of
0: positivity that we're throwing around
3: this podcast man um upcoming guests being solidified i mean we basically got the rest of the year uh, pretty jam packed so uh, for me, last call, you know what I do. Power five, not-so-powerful five. What
0: you want first, Jim? I want the not-so-powerful powerful five, so you can rag on Memphis.
3: All right, so coming in at number five, the Grizzlies. And I'm still bitter, but I believe that you're in a tier above based on the talent that you have and the development that's going on that you should not lose to the Pelicans. And I might be, you know, being a little too harsh um, because, you know, the Pelicans to Memphis are, 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 you know, maybe a little bit of a rivalry. There's a little bad blood there. But if you want to be taken seriously, you can't be losing games to the Pelicans, especially when they're two wins, one of them is against you. You've got to do better. Number four, the Bucks. Two losses in a row. They've looked equally as bad in both losses this weekend. Uh, against guess Washington was just just bad all, all the way around. Got to do better um, because the the games aren't going to get any easier. Uh, pressure's going to mount. There's going to be more at stake. Uh, they got the Giants, um, you know, Monday night. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Saquon Barkley looks like he's practicing. He might be back. So it, it, another tough test. For the Bucks coming in number three, the Browns, Um, just getting mollywopped and beat down by Bill Belichick, the Patriots. Those dudes put it on them. Um, They got the Lions. The Lions finally picked up a tie, so they didn't lose. They did something different this past week, so maybe they're moving in the right direction. We'll see. Um, But if, if the Browns lose to the Lions this week, you can, you can put your money that they're going to be back in this not so powerful five, coming in at number two, Memphis football. Um, Memphis football. You, you should not lose to East Carolina. Should not happen. Um, Ryan Silverfield, I have to address you, brother. We have really worked hard to change um, the perception of Memphis football, not only in the city of Memphis, not only in the conference that we play in, but outside the conference as well. And when you lose to teams like East Carolina, you lose all the credibility and the hard work that was put in. And we should never lose to a tier or a level of an East Carolina. Nope. Nope. University of Memphis football, you gotta do better. Coming in at number one, staying with football, Texas football. Texas, you are paying a lot of money to a coach. You're paying a lot of money to move over to the SEC, and the performance that you put on the field this past weekend won't do you any favors moving into the SEC. So, um, this might be, well, this is a notice to all Texas fans. Go ahead and prepare yourself for <laughs> this feeling for a long time, because it ain't way, gonna yeah. get any. It, it ain't gonna get any easier. So, Texas football, you're number one this week. I, Power-
0: I got I got one that I just read that you you would add on if you saw it. You ready for this? I just I just read this five hours ago. It was it was made. Okay, When you don't win the World Series, you shouldn't say this comment anyway, but when you don't win the World Series, when you're the loser, you should definitely keep your mouth shut. You should never talk about Hall of Famers, but this is an Astro, so I know he would make you not top five. Carlos Correa came out and said, and I don't know what provoked this, but Derek Jeter never deserved to ever win a gold glove. Oh, my God.
5: I know it would have made your top five, wouldn't it? It
3: Dude. would have made my top five. It would have been number one in
0: the 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 dumbest. What? Well, like I I got I'm gonna after this episode I'm gonna I'm gonna research and dig deeper to see what even because what what makes you make that statement and you just you just look like an even bigger loser than you did losing the damn World Series, damn Astros, boy! I tell you. Wow. Get, get, go, go to the go to the good top five so we can forget about what this dude just said.
3: All right, top five this week. Coming in at number five, you got them boys, the Cowboys, having a bounce-back game against the Falcons, uh, putting up 40-plus points. That's uh, that's how you do it. When you have a, a letdown game, you come back and you just blow the barn doors off a team. So, Cowboys are at number five. Coming in at number four, Cincinnati Bearcats football. Um they're they're being snubbed and they're they're being pushed down every chance they get. But you know what they keep doing? Winning. Winning game. Just doing what they can control. Uh so that puts them at number four. Coming in at number three, the Patriots. Patriots take care of business. Not just take care of business. They just beat down on the Browns. And I d I don't know if that's a you know, a correlation of Bill Belichick being being the guy, or the Patriots being really good, or the Browns being really bad, or the Browns having guys out. Whatever the case is, Patriots went in, took care of business, and they're, they're starting to do what people have expected them to do in past years when they've had Brady. So they might be turning the corner, might be figuring something out. Coming in at number two, Washington Wizards, man. They are at the, the top of the NBA. Um, they are the best team in the East. They're a couple games from being the best team in the league, but they're one of the top teams in the entire NBA. And that's a, a drastic improvement from the year before, and so that's what lands them there in the top two. Coming in at number one, Cam Newton. Cam is number oh, one.
5: Oh, no. I'm
0: out.
3: And, 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 and here's why. When you cannot play NFL football, there's a lot of sports out there that you can just simply not do and then come back in and perform at a high level. Football is not one of those sports, but he was able to come in, throw the pads on, put the helmet on, come to a a place that he's relatively familiar with. Um, But I'm sure there's been some changes and some, some additions and some traction since he was there so able to come in able to do some things and inevitably lead them to a victory
0: so, hey i tell you i tell you Sam this Newton, number one That's i tell you this in regard to that whole thing we like stats right yeah we like we like we like money right of course. do you know that the carolina panthers are still paying teddy bridgewater and Sam Darnold for replacing Cam and paying Cam again. <laughs> that is the funniest ish ever.
3: That's uh that's the most ballingest move ever,
0: right there. I I mean, like that. what he he got two guys paid and then back getting paid again.
3: Get it. Oh, boy, Cam. Get there. All right, man. Jim, let's let's wrap this thing up. Um, another. Great episode. Good stories, good catching up with our guests tonight, Keegan James and Dallas Wolf. Folks, if you like hearing their stories or other stories on other athletes, or you just like hearing us, the average Joes, talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We're going to see everyone next week for episode 11, where we're going to be talking Old Miss Baseball. With their pitcher, Wes Burton. This has been the In Off the Bench Podcast. As always, remember strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time.
5: We're out.